The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life, Each of us needs to awaken to explore in depth who we really are. Welcome to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Today, we'll learn what our past lives can tell us about our present life and understand how our beliefs create our reality. Now, here is Dr. Joe Mancini. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and spiritual counselor in private practice in Maryland. And now for those who are new listeners, I want to speak briefly, as I usually do, about the overall focus of the show. In various ways on this show, in every episode, we will examine how to access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life. To accomplish that goal, each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who each of us really is to recognize oneself as a compassionate, multidimensional being made of God stuff, and to accept responsibility for being the co-creator with all that is of every bit of one's reality. This series of 13 episodes that began on August 13th will focus on what past lives and related matters can tell us about who we really are. My guests and I will examine several topics, such as the true nature of past lives, soul mission, and karma, the multidimensional self, reincarnating soul groups, intact group past life regression, soul contracts, how to change past lives, natal regression, using past life regression to capture lost history, and other such topics, including today's Life Between Lives Hypnotherapy. A further aid to all this exploration are the concepts about past lives and other metaphysical matters that were voiced by Seth, that energy personality essence channeled by Jane Roberts from 1963 to her passing over in 1984. Rich Kendall, one of the so-called New York boys who attended Jane's ESP classes in the early 70s, shared with us at the beginning of the series some of Seth's ideas about past lives. You can access that show and others by going to the episode directory on my Voice America homepage. I also want to remind my listeners of the workshop I will be doing November 16th and 17th in Bellsville, Maryland with Dana and Shana Robinson, my guests a month ago on the show. It's called the Future Life Progression and Shamanic Journey. In addition, I am facilitating a group past life regression open to anyone this Thursday night, October 24th at my home office in Rockville, Maryland. In January 2014, I will be offering teleclasses on metaphysical topics, classes in which registrants and I will be able to connect in a more interactive manner. Moreover, anyone who wants a session in any of the modalities presented in this series should contact me. If you are not able to come in person, I can do most of these sessions on Skype. To inquire about any of these workshops or services or to be on my email list, please email me at soulserver at erolds.com. That's S-O-U-L, 
S-R-V, as in Victor, R at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Or call me at 301-526-2043 or go to www.lifetransforminghypnotherapy.com for more details. All of that contact information is also on my Voice America homepage. And now to my guest and the topic for today. My guest is D. Chips, BSW, CRM, Master Hypnotherapist, Life Between Lives Hypnotherapist, owner of American Holistic University and president owner of the National Association of Transpersonal Hypnotherapists, otherwise known as NAF. We will con- sorry, we will discuss the process of life between lives hypnotherapy, commonly called LBL, which was first popularized in the works of Michael Newton starting in 1994. In 2000, Dee, along with her late husband, Alan Chips, DCH, and in collaboration with Newton, designed and implemented the first LBL certification training program under the auspices of NAT. With the help of case studies, Dee will talk with us today about how the process works. It starts with the clients going back to a childhood scene, then to the womb, and next to the past life before this one. After the client enters the interlife through the death in that past life, he or she encounters guides, his or her soul group, various schools, the Council of Elders, and those whom he or she will contract to work with in the next lifetime. And now, good morning, Dee, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Good morning to you. Well, a number of my earlier guests, in particular Carol Bowman, Greg McHugh, Tim Simmerman Sierra, and Linda Baker, have referenced the life between lives period, sometimes called the interlife. They talked about this experience in terms of pre-birth planning and discussions with guides about changing a past life. But none of them usually provides a full-fledged tour of the interlife. In contrast, what you offer in your work with LBL therapy is a thorough excursion through that realm, a process that sometimes takes several visits to tap a lot of the information that's available. So what I want to ask you first is this. How did you and Alan first discover Life Between Lives Hypnotherapy? And what about this modality made you decide to offer it in your hypnotherapy school? Um, those are two questions. <laughs> okay, we'll separate two questions. Then. I may forget the second one by the time I finish the first. <laughs> I, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll ask you it again. Right. The first um, that we learned about this was Dr. Newton's book, Journey of Souls, the first one he put out. Later years, he came out with Destiny of Souls and then Life Between Lives for Spiritual Regression, which is now what we use as the textbook that the certification that the test would would come out of because more of the methods, it was written more for uh, the therapist who would be learning the work as opposed to the just clients who would, might be interested in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <clears throat> so we've used the textbooks. But we first came across Newton's book and contacted Llewellyn, the publisher, and read it, fascinated with it. The transpersonal hypnotherapist that we are, uh, more mind-body-spirit-oriented hypnotherapy, was a perfect lead-in. You know, the kind of therapist that we were training um, went right along with that 
spiritual guidance, getting more information, and the life between lives was giving much more than just past lives. So it was the next exciting step, and I had asked Llewellyn to get in touch with Dr. Newton because I wanted him to be my keynote speaker that year, which was 1997. Mm-hmm. And they did. He did contact me, and um, he did come to the conference that year. And I kind of planted the seed back then that uh, our people were the ones that if he was going to not have a three-year waiting list like he did, that maybe he should think about training people and that ours would be perfect. Well, he wasn't ready then, and it took a series of years, and Destiny and Souls came out after that. I had lucid dreams, which I do, and finally Alan had a lucid dream, and we said, it's on, you know, we just have to get together with Newton, and we did, and he was ready by that time, and we planned for a year, and in 2001, the... Uh, right after 9-11 was the first Life Between Lives class in Virginia Beach. And wow. I was in that class and did do the in-class demo as Dr. Newton's client. <clears throat> it was a very interesting session. We did not get to get all the way to my council because of the time constraint. <clears throat> so I later did... a a further regression the following from October that year or September to the following spring in California had a second class and I got to have the full experience um, with greater time for the council. Do you have a question? It's usually usually a a fairly long process, is it not? Because it requires the rapport, the cast of characters, the therapist needs to be very familiar with who might come up in the session, who's important to the person in this life. There is um, a lengthy pre-interview process. There's multiple deepening techniques to get the person much deeper and know that they are more fully associated into the memory and reliving the information as opposed to recalling it from a, a past angle. Um, many deepening techniques are used, <clears throat> and then progressively moving the person back from different time periods during childhood that would be in this brain consciousness um, into in utero, you know, in the womb, where the soul would connect with the womb, and then once information was discovered about that, and that's that's a whole fascinating area, a whole area that therapy can be done also, you can integrate the therapy along the way. You know, the idea with Life Between Lives is not to have to do age regression therapy or past life therapy, but to use the past life as just a gateway to getting into the normal experience of going through the passing out of the body and what do you do from there? What's, you know, what happens from there, almost following the soul's history of what it's done. So, so, uh, so hmm. let me um, jump in here for a second. You actually, by the way, answered my second question by okay. answering the first one. 
uh, so completely. Uh, Newton used uh, the re- regression to a childhood scene and in the womb and even a past life um, partially to enhance the sense of memory. Uh, I, and, and also he used, as you said, the past life as the gateway into the interlife. What I found when I have done uh, this process with my own clients is that uh, there's no randomness about what childhood scene one goes to and what, and what one remembers from the womb and even the past life that there is a lot of information and uh, material there that can relate to uh, what happens in the intellect. So I don't see it myself as just um, enhancing the memory function, Um, and particularly because when, uh, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when we go into, uh, if, if the client meets the counsel, the counsel often will say something about that past life. So I just wanted... Uh, and, and this is something that when I was um, being taught by you and Alan that we discussed that this was really important. Um, and I'm, do you find also that, uh, that what is picked up in that memory-enhancing uh, series of visitations, that that is useful also in terms of information purposes for the intellect? Well... If you look at it, I mean, the client will, by nature, either follow or not follow a direct suggestion. If their subconscious mind wants to pull up a memory that is more important or more relevant to their current life, you know, issues or <clears throat> if it's important for their, their recall and their their conscious information, they will get what is the most important to them. Mm-hmm. Like, even if we were to direct them to age seven, if something happened more important at age five, they might go there. Or um, in utero, it's amazing how you can help a person to actually get rid of depression even, because if they can understand what they may have felt was not actually their feelings but their mother's and then distance and dissociate and change the current. It can ripple through time. So there's therapeutic potential all along the way, whether it is in the age regression or the in utero or the past life. You're always getting the information that's the most relevant. You may direct them to the most recent past life and they choose something that might have been 10 lifetimes ago but it's more connected to this life. So that's the more important information. And yes, at counsel, if a person does need to review past life information, if it makes sense, if you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together, they may review several different lives. Sometimes it's just a matter of following the client because they'll kind of go where they need to go with that extra guidance that's there. Their guides are often, you know, right there with us it's as if a three-way therapeutic dialogue between the client, their own guides or angelic guides and or the therapist. So it's, it's a really beautiful process. I mean, I've seen tremendous healing happen when someone can understand themselves from a much greater perspective. 
And I, and I think that uh, I call what you described subconscious override, where uh, the subconscious, however you define it, um, takes the client wherever it, it's important to go. And so uh, even though we um, hypnotherapists, unlike between lives, uh, hypnotherapists um, may think we know where the client should go, as you said, um, they will go wherever they need to go. And that's what makes this whole experience so rich because, um, as you yourself have said, there's so much uh, variability and variety in terms of the experiences while there is still also um, enough similarity among all these experiences that we see a kind of structure uh, to uh, the interlife. Would you agree with that? Yes. Definitely. Um, I recommend that if someone has never experienced um, past life regression, that they do that prior to a life between life experience because oftentimes there may be therapy needing to be delivered from the past life angle. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get to it from the life between lives, but you don't. If the therapist doesn't want to spend in a life between lives session the majority of their time doing past life therapy. So it's more of a revisiting it. Um, and the client can be more conditioned and know what to expect in a life between life session if they've had a good past life regression prior to. Yeah, they've already experienced the other world in a very meaningful way. Uh, well, we are about to take a break. Time goes by very fast on the show. You are yeah. listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe, and I am... Dr. Joe Mancini will be right back with more from my guest, D. Chips, Life Between Lives hypnotherapist. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? Or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over? These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at erols.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at Errols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with my guest, D. Chips, Life Between Life's hypnotherapist, about what goes on during an LBL session. So, D, we've talked a little bit about uh, the client going back to a childhood scene, then into the womb, then into the past life. What happens next in the session when the client experiences the, uh, the death in the past life? Well, with any good past life session, you want to have the person go to the last day of their life and whatever comes through, you know, they will, they will see it, feel it, um, remember it and or experience it in a way that is comfortable for them, and the therapist would ideally have them in a a comfortable position, even if it was an uncomfortable passing. They can be dissociated, looking and observing. Um, So there's a lot of therapeutic benefit of taking the person actually through the death experience so that they can feel and remember important issues. Some of those issues might be associated with their current life. It could be phobias. It could be other things of the way that they died. So there's important processing to happen in knowing how they actually died and get to experience it. But then the soul perspective coming into play when the soul would actually realize the body is gone, but I'm still here. And you take them from that point of making sort of peace with the fact that they're now on the other side. So there's an orientation period that happens just with that review. But then it's like, what do they do from there? Are they ready to to give up? Do they go straight into the light? Do they have different experiences on the way? Sometimes people will stick around longer. They won't immediately go into the light. They'll hang around with the body or they'll try to comfort their loved ones. In my own session, I did not immediately go to the light, the most recent past life, the one that I did with Dr. Newton and then revisited again on my second session. Um, At that point, having had a sudden sort of accident, like auto accident and then three days living and then passing, my wife had actually been being buried at the point that I, you know, she died on it, in the car wreck. And uh, in that life, that had been Alan <laughs> as, uh, mm-hmm. as switching, switching sexes there. But, um, and so the idea of sometimes that the soul would want to go and comfort someone before they passed and send energy into them, which I apparently did. So you go from the point of realizing you're gone, what do you do then, going into the afterlife, and there's a series of questions and or guidance can be given 
if the client is stuck, um, you know, if they're at some level, the therapist themselves can prompt them onward to the point where they did actually go through the interlife and become aware then of other bright souls or guides or anyone who might come to greet them and kind of assist in that transition. So it takes it, you know, full circle um, from realizing that they're gone and then going through the what we call entering the gateway. And uh, so you're leaving the earth plane. Things get brighter and you ask questions along the way. And then there's first contact or recognition of different spirits. Even if it's a spirit guide or angelic guide that they have no conscious this life memory of, invariably who shows up is the most important one for them and there's that recognition and it's almost a joyful recognition. Sometimes an energy infusion will happen. Um, It's like having the most best long-lost friend be able to be there for you. Sometimes it could be family members. It could be anyone that it would have been deemed maybe most appropriate to meet that person for their comfort level. Okay. And what happens after that? There's an orientation. Um, People will sometimes go on their own. I mean, they pretty much are following what they did in essence the last time or whatever life they happen to be coming out of, it's almost like following where did they go, what did they do. Different people might go to different places. One might, let's just say if there was a lot of body trauma, they may go to a healing room of recovery where they get infused with energy and basically put back together or made more whole or up their energy level to where they can kind of be with those of higher level quality, both their soul group, the council, anywhere else they may need to go. There's so many different places. There's Akashic Records. There's the the council, um, their soul group. Oftentimes they want to go and, in essence, be with their friends, you know, people that... uh, they may have known or that they're in even a specialty group with. There's primary groups and then subgroups, more like specialty groups, like say if if you're Mm -hmm. studying energy or whatever. On the other side, you might have um, a group that you would meet with. And usually there's a really, really neat experience. Um, it, um, people show up as colors and light and vibration. You often will ask them, how do you look? And they can describe themselves, what colors they are, what colors another soul or entity expresses itself as. There's often signature handshakes or, or, or whatever ways that groups will greet each other um, Mine was rather interesting. They kind of, I said, they recreated it. You know, it's like they can put on any costume of sort if they want to. Uh-huh. And so it's really, it's fun the way that it can 
can manifest. Uh, I had sort of a Grecian temple and kind of a toast with the goblets. (laughs) 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 And even an aloha, uh, which would have gone back to both time in the South Pacific and the last most recent life and or times I've had regressions where I've been a Hawaiian. And so the aloha as, as the greeting from my own guide was kind of a dual tongue-in-cheek, you know, kind of a joking, fun kind of element that uh, makes sense. So. so when someone goes to the council, um, some people, before they do an LBL session, are and they're told a little bit about it, um, are a little bit afraid to go in front of the council because they're afraid they'll be judged. But what really happens there? Well, I think you find that some the beings that would be present on the council are the most appropriate selected, you know, at that level, um, much higher level, to actually be a council. There's no sense of judgment. There may be a sense of the person in and of themselves knowing had they fulfilled their goals or had they not. So there may be that sense of self-judgment, but there's there's never that kind of condemnation from a group kind of thing. It's, um, it's so totally different. It's a loving, warm, supportive, but the high vibration that is there just doesn't allow for anything that would be considered negative or fearful. So it's a a beautiful experience to know that you have so many people. It may be six. It may be, you know, the numbers can vary. But each one, um, you know, has a specialty, has a knowledge, a reason for being there. Like they're they're hand-selected for you. (laughs) Right. So, any of the experience you experiences that you've described uh, so far could actually change a person's life in, in the present incarnation, but especially when the council does not judge. Because in our um, many cultures around the world, that notion that you will be judged and uh, punished uh, keeps people from really understanding the true nature of spirit. And so I I have found with my clients that that the council experience is one of the most powerful. It's not the only one, but it's most powerful in that regard because people come back feeling that, um, you know, the only real judgment is self-judgment. And it just reorients them uh, in a very profound way um, to, to spirit. So go um let's move you to uh the pre-birth planning. What happens then? That's one of the last things usually. Usually there's a lot of questions that are asked and or answered like the client is is directed prior to the session to come in with a list of questions. And so some of their most deep profound, I want to know from a soul level and I want to know the truth kind of thing has been answered by the time that they get to their pre-birth planning because that would be at a step after maybe a review of their own past lives records, 
um, goals that they had set? How had they advanced? How had they more to learn or more that they wanted to set up to test themselves on? All of those factors come into play in the selection of choosing or feeling the need to reincarnate again. It may be a long-held desire that the person, when they were in the physical, did not get to finish, like a relationship that they didn't feel had its full due. They might choose to incarnate again with the same soul in a different scenario. So the pre-birth contracts, not only for your own body, your sex, your race, your culture, all of those things are considerations when choosing where are you going to go, what are you going to do, how you're going to set this life up because it essentially is set up from a soul level to help you gain and or test yourself and um, overcome and fulfill sometimes really deep heartfelt desires which would be one reason to incarnate again. Not necessarily that it's a punishment to come to earth. It oftentimes is something someone wanted to do because they had essentially unfinished business or they have a goal and a mission that they are best prepared to be able to do. They're very high-level souls that are coming in. And um, we see that more and more with the different clients. I mean, all of the different Life Between Life therapists that we've had have had their own level of people that they're meeting, so more so than just the Newton books of who was drawn to Newton. The things that I've seen in reviewing the students' Life Between Life sessions where they each have to have five, they get one in the class, one as a therapist, one as a client, and so they get to know what it's like as a therapist before they are, you know, they get to know what it's like as a client before they are out there even practicing or getting the remaining sessions to get certified. It's um, deeply enriching because your current life questions and issues and relationships, and some of them are, are done. You know, some of them, those people have passed over, and they dearly want to see them. They often will see them in that between lives, whether they are in the Life Between Lives session, they're coming from the past life. That person may be in their life now. They may be living. They might be on the other side. But essentially, they will know. They'll see them. Um, Everything is very real. Um, There can be reunions of sort that are nothing short of, like, joyful. You know, someone who's passed on that you dearly want to see, you get to see. It's... um, amazing, but you have different potentials for your own life, but it's according to the soul's plan as far as what's going to be the best thing. And invariably, you gravitate to the best thing. And so it's kind of a self and or guided selection process for what life, what body, what challenges and set it up with other souls, especially those that we're most intimately connected with. Um, we have our NAF conference coming up, and our keynote speaker is Robert Schwartz. So his books deal with the interlife of the pre-soul contracts, and it goes very much in-depth 
even more so than a straight life between life session. However, someone can, you know, the client can stay there. They can ask questions. Um, sometimes lifelong questions get answered at any point of a life between life session. Okay. Well, once uh, my listeners uh, are probably seeing an echo in what you just said of, of uh, Linda Baker's episode with me on soul contracts and other people uh, who've been on the show have mentioned it. So this is a very, very important topic. Um, after uh, the pre-birth planning is done, uh, is that the end or is that the time? Uh, is there something more that happens? We've got only uh, another minute or so before break. Okay. Well, it, um, it often is the segue into, you know, planning that life and then going straight into it. So usually that is the end of the session. It's always good for the therapist to ask at that point, is there anything else? There may be some of the most profound information right before they come out of state. And then mm-hmm. there will be a lot of integration after the person is brought out they'll be remembering they will talk about things or process. They do need a lot of um, processing time, and it's good to record the session because you can't remember everything once you come out of it and to have good notes taken too. Okay. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to um, tell you all a little bit about what happened after my LBL session, and we will also have... uh, Sally, uh, a person who went underwent a LBL session with Alan, uh, who's going to share some highlights of her uh, experience in the intro. So we are, as I said, about to take a break. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, and we'll be right back with more from my guests. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at erals.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at erols.com. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at erols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at erols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mantini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm talking with my guest, D. Chips, like between life hypnotherapists, about what goes on during an LVL session. I said before break that I wanted to tell um, you all about what happened to me after my LVL session. The, the session itself was characterized by a great deal of light. And uh, after uh, the session, it was time for lunch. So I went off by myself because I wanted to have some quiet time to integrate um, what had happened to me and what I had learned. And I walked into a restaurant and uh, was escorted to a booth. The uh, waitress took my order. And I simply was waiting and just thinking about what had happened. Within a few minutes, um, a family of uh, people who were quite large in stature uh, came in. Uh, There was one woman and uh, two men and a child of about a year and a half. And they sat at a table about, oh, 15 feet from me, and uh, the I saw mostly the backs of the adults, and the child was put at the end, one end of the table where I could see it. And I kind of just glanced up uh, for no particular reason, and I was startled because the child um, was aglow, and there's no other way to describe it. She, and I sensed that she was a, a, a girl. And she was glowing, and she was looking directly at me with very big eyes with an intelligent look that belied her um, very young uh, life. And I was, as I said, startled uh, at this. And I suddenly got the impression from one of my guides that the child was recognizing that I had been uh, in the other world from which she had come only a short time ago. There was a recognition that we uh, knew about the same place uh, that was still fresh in her consciousness. And that, that was as 
exciting and as mind-blowing as the LBL itself. And suddenly the, her mother saw that she was looking at me and turned her high chair away from me. And I, I just said a prayer that she would be okay. So I just wanted to put that out. Um, that, that was a very, very um, wonderful experience for me to have. Um, so I, now I want to introduce my second guest, uh, Sally Thomas, uh, who underwent a LBL session with Alan, um, uh, I think a couple of years ago. Sally, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Welcome to morning. the show. Thank you. Okay. So what I want to ask you first is, when you were telling me about your experience, uh, you uh, told me that Alan's facilitation was especially helpful to you in the course of uh, going through um, the interlife. What, in, what was the most important thing about his facilitation? I ask you this because this is really important for clients who want to do this kind of thing and uh, what they should be looking for in an LBL therapist. Um, that's a really, really good question. I'm glad you brought that up um, because having been a client and a therapist, it's his example it was just amazing. He asked very open-ended questions, and that's really important, and he didn't just stick to the script. And the other thing he did that's a real gift, and it's, it's a challenge for, for people like us, was to, to be quiet. He was very good at just being quiet because sometimes, and Dee mentioned this earlier, sometimes the richest information comes out at the end when you least expect it. And sometimes mm-hmm. when the client is quiet for a long time, the therapist gets a little uncomfortable. And they're like, oh, maybe they fell asleep. Maybe they're, uh, you know. But, and so the, uh, some therapists will have a tendency to, to butt in, sort of, and ask and ask and ask. And they're actually interrupting that person's experience when they do that. So Alan was very good at just waiting. And then he'd say something like, um, uh, what's happening now? Or I would say something and he would just say, yes, or mm-hmm. okay. And no, not being directive, you know. Right, and, and, and Alan was Alan was very consistent in doing know? that. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because a few years I had my LBL a few years before you did, mm-hmm. and that's exactly how he handled things with uh-huh. me. There was a, a lot of room for his client to just say what needed to come. You didn't take the client out of the experience. Very much, you could stay, the client could stay in longer. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's so much to your LBL as there is uh, uh, to everyone's. Um, so, I want to direct you um, to a couple of things that I found quite interesting. Uh, everyone's counsel experience is somewhat different, mm-hmm. but I was really intrigued by what you said about why they initially wore white <laughs> robes. Yeah. 
Can you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. Um, just briefly, I I felt that I had been escorted there by spirit guides that were just kind of generic, you know, shiny light, and I was kind of matching their shiny light. And then when I got before the council, these these magnificent beings all seemed to be. First, I thought they were just white in color, but then I realized that they were robed in white. And but I could see little uh, colors emanating from their robes, and I realized that. It took a few minutes to acclimate to their presence before they could reveal their true colors. It's like you, it would be too shocking if coming straight from the other side, from your past life or whatever, to suddenly be confronted with the magnificence of a spirit and of of guides like that. And so after a few minutes of acclimation, it seemed that the robes came off and then they all had very unique and fluid and distinctive, beautiful, magnificent colors. And as I stood there, my own spirit began to mirror their colors, almost like a battery recharging. And, mm-hmm. and pretty soon, once, once I matched their colors, then we could communicate. It was really neat. And that was actually the second question I was going to ask you to describe what you call recharging. <laughs> I had not, I had not um, heard about anyone doing that before, but it was really beautiful. You started to take on the colors mm-hmm. of, uh, of the elders, yes. uh, the council members, and, and, and suddenly you found yourself recharged, renewed, uh, almost reconfigured. Yeah, so and, and that able to really was helpful, then. was it not? Pardon me. That was really helpful. Oh yeah. You. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and you had uh, each one of the council members had something different to say, or was in charge of yes. mm-hmm. something different, even though they also were one and, in a sense, almost spoke with one voice, but there was some differentiation. Is that right? That's correct. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And, again, I want to remind my listeners, as Dee said, that the council uh, appears differently uh, to different people. I can't quite remember um, my experience with what they look like, but they were decidedly different. Mm -hmm. And and quite often... um, how they appear mirrors something in the the client. Uh-huh. Uh, did you have you found that as well? Oh yes, absolutely. And in and doing this as a therapist, same thing. When people do meet their counsel, and like Dee said earlier, it's a it's a it's an experience that's very unique to the client. They go where they need to go. They find out what they need to find out. Some people have big, elaborate experiences and meet lots of people, and it's very exciting. But I've had two clients who had nothing but one animal spirit guide who led them straight to one or two things they needed mm-hmm. to see, and that was all. So it's very unique to what the needs are at the moment. And that's why if people have more than one life between life sessions, it, it's very different because there's just an infinite amount of information that we can get from these sessions. That's right. I I remember only going to basically to my soul guide, soul group, and the council. I never even got to the pre-birth planning, mm-hmm. uh, and and that was being in in uh, hypnosis for at least two and a half hours. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you asked about a number of uh, 
the people that you know now mm-hmm. about their uh, relations to you, their contracts with you. And I was particularly interested in um, what the council told you about your grandson. Yeah. That was very emotional for me and actually for Alan as well because Alan had heard about my grandson. He's he's almost seven, but he's very, very disabled and delayed. He can't speak or walk. He's got the low tone where he's got kind of the floppy body, doesn't have good fine motor skills, but he's engaged when you you can connect with him, but there's no answer to what he has. So I've been very curious about him. And the council said, I asked specifically about him, and they said he is our peer. He is a mag- they said he was a magnificent being. He wasn't here for any karma of his own, that he had come and taken on this, this level of suffering to be a teacher for all of us who are in his life. And it, it just clicked and resonated, and I knew that I was hearing the truth about this soul because I always feel very humbled when I'm around him. And that's one of the great things about getting answers from the council. You un- you understand things in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we are coming to a close today. Uh, so, Dean and Sally, I want to thank you both so much for discussing your mind experience. Uh, mind experience. I'm sorry, mind <laughs> expanding experiences with life between lives hypnotherapy. I ask my listeners to tune in next week when I will be interviewing Heather S. Friedman Rivera, RN, JD, and PhD, about her personal and professional discovery of the uses of past life regression and the recent research she has done on the positive effects of past life therapy. Plagued by chronic illnesses, Heather found much relief in past life regression and decided to do research on what other participants in this modality had said were its most likely and most therapeutic effects. The research is unique in that it relies not on anecdotal data in individual cases, but rather on a broad cross-section of data gathered from respondents of various ages, gender, religious upbringing, and experiences. Remember that if you want to be on my mailing list for future workshops and for teleclasses that I will be doing at the beginning of the new year, call 301-526-2043, or email me at soulserver at com. I am, of course, available for hypnotherapy sessions in person or by Skype. This is Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. May you all open to the peace of all that is in every moment of your lives. Thank you so much for listening, and a hearty good day to all of you. Thank you for tuning in to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please join us again next Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll offer another enlightening program next week.